श्री गुरुभ्यो नम जस्ट लाइक टू इयर्स बैक आई स्टूड हियर वेन वी रिलीज अवर फर्स्ट हिंदू ह्यूमन राइट्स रिपोर्ट वेल आई एम हैप्पी टू प्रेजेंट सेकेंड हिंदू ह्यूमन राइट्स रिपोर्ट द डॉक्यूमेंटिंग एंड द फाइंडिंग्स ऑफ द रिपोर्ट इट्स सेल्फ इज नॉट वेरी हैप्पी इट्स इनफैक्ट वेरी डिप्रेसिंग एंड वेरी अलार्मिंग एंड वेरी अलार्मिंग बट दिस इज अ वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट थिंग बिकॉज विदाउट डॉक्यूमेंटेशन then we have already lost the war and there is a civilization war and i am sure most of you uh, even those who refuse to see or acknowledge before us slowly waking up to it the current uh, increase of you know uh, low key violence against the hindu community the destruction of temples love jihad rape jihad these are escalating so in this context so we have brought uh, this report in a, we have documented incidents reported incidents which is a, perhaps very small chunk of the actual incidents for year 2017 and 2018 so this is basically a report of two years and not just a one year which is usually the case so uh, worldwide you can see lot of uh, reports uh, human rights reports uh, are being brought out by international agencies and uh, but you see one lacuna when they come to india it is their assumption that it is only the majority or the so called majority numerical majority which oppresses the numerical minority and uh, being blinded perhaps by this assumption or maybe some other uh, motivations when when they come to india they are completely ignore the atrocities against the hindu community or against the diverse community that go under the banner of hinduism just because they are considered as the majority so india is a unique case where the majority is the victim and the other the non majority they are not actually minority they are the non majority at best you can say so they are the perpetrators so the current hr reports focuses hardly focuses on non hindus uh, as a perpetrators and the hindus as the victims but they don't do this in uh, other places for example us hate crimes tracks crimes against whites us hate crimes tracks crimes against christians but in india that is not the case in our uh, report uh, last uh, report also focused extensively on the persecution of hindus but in this uh, particular uh, this year's report uh, we have expanded our scope and uh, now we have included a coverage of a detailed coverage of a central government uh, schemes which are discriminative against hindus state government schemes which are discriminative against hindu which exclude the hindu community from various uh, of its schemes and uh, various things that are made to uplift the needy of the communities and constitutional and judicial discrimination and this is of course very important political violence against hindus violence by those belonging to islamic community against where the where where the victims are hindus many of them belonging to sc st and other other uh, uh, poor and other communities temple confiscation temple destruction the dravidian extremism in the extreme south of india if i have to summarize whatever we have documented in a single table it is this for the last 2 years at least at least 
instances of love jihad rape jihad violence against women have been documented these are all uh, incidences which have been uh, reported in mainstream media may not they, they mostly never uh, occupy the center page never occupy the front page but they have been reported nevertheless and these are documented from there just imagine how many more is on the ground which are not reported 32 instances of islamic attacks and communal clashes instigated by members of muslim community 25 instances of attack on hindu festivals and places of worship i am sure lot of you have heard of how durga festivals durga processions were spe- specifically attacked in west bengal just an example 40 political violence and killing of hindus these are all violence against and the killing or murder of uh, political activists who identify with some form of uh, uh, hindutva or some form of hindu ideology and then there are 32 cases of religious persecution and 25 cases of dalit persecution by muslims while while the media is very prompt in reporting um, wherever the dalits are uh, the victims but they on one except on one area where the perpetrator belongs to the muslim community this is an unfortunate fact and for the sake of truth hopefully things will change to central government there are constitutional discrimination see most of the discrimination it's not just happening on the ground or some media or or some community it's not just that there is a discrimination embedded in the, within our constitution the article 26 to 30 is completely uh, puts the hindu community under disadvantage there are lots of hindu excluding schemes around 17232 crores of non uh, for non hindu schemes in 2012 to 17 annual tax of rupees 2757 rupees per taxpayer that is if you just you know consider the crores of rupees spent on non schemes which are which exclude hindus then and uh, if you see it there then we are paying as a taxpayers we are paying 2700 rupees per year so we are paying a paying a kind of a uh, jizya 2.0 i would say this is a new form of jizya terrorism everybody knows but uh, maybe you may not have realized the huge uh, magnitude 100000 people 100000 deaths related uh, to terrorism in last 35 years and 99.8987 percentage are due to the perpetrators belongs to non hindu community non hindu ideology and yet our country have seen this false narrative of hindu terror from re- uh, terror has no religion to hindu terror this transition did not take much time fortunately we know that this this is a false narrative today hindu temple control in tamil nadu alone the government controls 36425 temples 56 mathas 1721 specific endowments and 189 th- trusts just imagine the huge the width and the depth of the temple control and this control is happens only against hindu temples hindu places of worships and jains 
we all know the churches the mosques they are not controlled moreover the governments give uh, the taxpayers money as endowment as uh, for supporting the building of uh, and expansion of uh, churches samudaya bhavans and all these things i want to add one more point that is the judicial direct intervention of the judiciary we all know the famous case of shabrimala how the judiciary took upon itself to dismantle hindu practice dismantle a age old practice which is observed by millions of men and women but that was not the only case in the last two years we have seen many cases like uh, restriction in the, in case of dali uh, dahi handi festival the court judgment uh, regarding uh, you know the diwali cracker ban there was no uh, you know the crackers don't pollute when they are exploded on a new year or a christmas or some uh, celebrities uh, weddings but only the diwali crackers somehow pollute the air and makes the uh, delhi, uh, delhi people you know prevent them from uh, breathing properly there are others like jallikattu ban but these are all the major cases but there are others many more kind of interventions that are happening at state levels that we may not know so easily so with this i uh, with this short introduction i invite uh, uh, sankran sanu to continue the presentation guru brahma guru vishnu guru devo maheshwara guru sakshat param brahma tasmay shri gurave namaha namaskar welcome So Nitin has uh, done a fabulous introduction. I just wanted to add one or two points on the introduction, and then we'll dive dive into it. And one of the 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 key points is why did we need to create this report in the first place? Um, Nitin touched on it, saying that uh, there is a uh, the precedent internationally is that whoever's human rights are being violated, they are covered in human rights reports. But in India, it's a strange thing that. Uh, if you are a hindu then you are considered uh, either you you are not human or you don't have rights because you are not considered to be categorized in the human rights category so we are trying to uh, uh, to document something that is not being ordinarily compiled and documented and the other reason for this is not only are the atrocities against hindus not been documented but a false and one sided narrative is created which is you know recently we saw some signature campaign happen and other things happen so there's a false narrative that is created which is uh, actually flipping it around which is saying hindus are the aggressors and they are oppressing minorities they are oppressing dalits and this narrative is 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 being spread internationally without any counterpoint to it so there's really nobody who's saying well some of that might be true there might be cases where dalits are being oppressed in, by hindus there might be cases where a muslim has been uh, victimized and attacked with him uh, attacked by a hindu and those are legitimate cases and we do need to pay attention to it but there is also the other side and this other side is being missed and it's very important for the uh, for balance to cover this our our ideally we wouldn't need to have a hindu human rights report specifically saying hindu human rights it should just be a human rights report but we are taking up this issue because it is left out it is not being covered so i'll then specifically come into this notion of discriminatory schemes the discrimination a lot of times we are talking about you know some community which is attacking hindus and so on and so forth but really i would hold that the government itself is the biggest culprit 
the state and the central governments are the biggest discriminators against Hindus. And ironically, this is done in the name of secularism. So secularism anywhere in the world means that the state is, is, is not going to interfere in religious activity. Secularism anywhere in the world means the state will not look at the religious identity of a citizen in deciding laws or in deciding what, uh, how the government treats a citizen. In India, secularism is actually the exact opposite. So this so-called world communalism is actually what should be the name for what is called Indian secularism. So Indian secularism is about blatant discrimination based on religious identity and that is called secular. Um, so um, just to give you an idea, also the other, the other uh, argument that is used is because minorities are being taken care of, therefore these discriminatory schemes are needed. Firstly again, like for instance in the, in, in the United States, you cannot even ask the religion of a citizen in the census, which is the state absolutely has nothing to do with the religion of a citizen. So, so to say, uh, and there's uh, you know, just, the, the, just the idea that there would be a Muslim scholarship scheme or a Hindu scholarship scheme because a Hindu is a minority would be completely absurd and unconstitutional because the US is a secular state. In India, it's, it's the other way around. Firstly, um, there are special schemes for so-called minorities. Secondly, these schemes exclude places where Hindus are a minority. So there are actually eight states where Hindus are a minority, but these, there are no schemes for when Hindus are a minority. So the correct wording for these schemes and the wording we use in the report, and I, all, uh, I urge all of you to use this wording, is the minority word is a misnomer. We call them non-Hindu schemes or Hindu excluding schemes. Because even when Hindus are a minority in a certain state, again, it would be not the Hindus, but the non-Hindus who would get benefit from the scheme, even in states where Hindus are a minority. So we are Hindu exclusion schemes. And these start from the central government. And some of them were started in the last five years by the current uh, BJP government. So it is a non-partisan discrimination. It goes. It, it is done by by every party that is in power. Uh, so electing the the current dispensation doesn't seem to have made any difference. In fact, the amount and number of Hindu discriminatory schemes has expanded in scope considerably over the last five years. So, uh, so there are scholarship schemes. Nine Manzil. Uh, this can be gone looked at. Mulana Azad National Fellowship Scheme again only for. Um, only for so-called minorities. Padho uh, Pardesh is actually a scheme in which uh, you get a scholarship or you get uh, interest-free loans or, or uh, grants to study abroad. Again, this is only for non-Hindus. In fact, uh, I got an email from a, from a girl. Uh, she identified herself as a Brahmin saying she has, a, a, I think it was University of Pennsylvania. She'd gotten a computer science PhD admission uh, and she was asking if I could help because she didn't have the resources, the government would help her if she converted to Islam. Uh, this is a Sharia government, but it wouldn't uh, help her if she remains a Hindu. And I asked her if I can put her out uh, name out for crowdsourcing so we could do it. But she was too proud to put her name out. She's like, I don't want to be crowdsourced. I don't want to feel like I'm getting a charity case. Um, so, so this is, but but this is a reality. This is the reality that the government is not going to help you if you belong to one community, but it's, it has got special schemes if you belong to another community. And these schemes extend across the board. There are coaching schemes, there are skill development schemes, 
there's this ustad scheme so if you're a hindu weaver from banaras you are not going to get this government help if you're a muslim weaver who's a neighbor then the government is going to help you again i do not see any logic or so called secularism or any of this that would discriminate blatantly on citizens based on their religious identity and that would be called secular and it would be supported by the so called uh, liberal uh, uh, policy um, so a whole bunch of these schemes the the report documents all of these and one thing we've done this year is the report is uh, is now free download report i'm going to share the link with you at the end um so it's a free download report we wanted to spread as much as possible and we are starting to document all this discrimination nayudan scheme specifically the government is doing coaching for upsc for non hindus again it's very expensive i'm sure hindu students would also love to get help uh, for coaching but this is not available if you are a hindu um similarly there are a number of women schemes um there's the nai roshni scheme there's the bayagam hazrat mahal national scholarship scheme again so schemes are available for non hindus there are even schemes for for marriage you get a grant if you are divorced there is help for you you get a grant but all of these grants are only available if you are not cursed to be hindu in the state of india so there was a lot of noise recently because uh, the minority ministry announced 5 crore scholarships and people said no no it's unrealistic they're not going to do it our data shows that during the last 3 years alone about 2 and a half uh, crore scholarships hindu excluding scholarships have been distributed by the central government uh, and this excludes all of the schemes that are there at the state level at the state government level and i'm going to go through some of them as well so all of these schemes that the states do is an addition to everything that the center is doing um and so in bihar for instance there's interest free loans to muslims if you are not a hindu you can get microfinance if you are a divorced woman and you are not a hindu you can get aid um and you know it goes on and on again i'm just listing a very small sample here we have a list and you know um even even the list that we have and all the incident reports that we have are only a small fraction so hopefully we can get more crowdsourcing and more people contributing to it and this report has really been driven by two or three people just you know uh, getting together and and driving the vision and and driving the documentation of this i mean karnataka is again over the top in this there are a few states that have just really really over the top again this is bipartisan it doesn't matter which government comes um there's actually christian development programs it's very strange I mean in the US you couldn't have a Christian development program or a Hindu development program they would be both illegal uh, but in India there is no Hindu development program but there is Christian development program by the state it funds churches I mean we 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 talk about okay all this uh, funding is coming from abroad for funding missionary activity the state of India is the biggest proselytizer the state of India is saying if you convert I'll give you a scholarship out of hinduism the state of india is saying if you are a christian i'm going to help build your church this is what the this is what the state of india is doing i mean it's a complete absurdity especially if you look at it in the context that in india both christians and muslims have been rulers in the past so in 47 actually was the time that india got independence but it continues what i called a religious apartheid state it's like saying in south of africa because whites are a minority they should get special privileges right so 
privileges for so-called minorities who were rulers in India is as absurd as saying there need to be special privileges for whites because they are a minority in South Africa. Right? Of course, once apartheid was dismantled, then those privileges made no sense. But India continues a religious apartheid state in the name of minorities. Um, so Christian development program, there's a land purchase scheme. So you will get free agricultural land. There's a corporation that purchases land and gives it to you if you are not a Hindu. This is, this is happening. There's a Bidai scheme. So if you are a non-Hindu woman, you will get a grant for your wedding. You will get uh, help if you get divorced. You'll get financial help from the state. Of course, you can't be a Hindu to get all this. Uh, there's Ganga, uh, uh, there's Ganga um, Kalyan scheme, which is the uh, it is an irrigation scheme, ironically named after the Ganga. But this irrigation help is only available to farmers who are not Hindu in the state of Karnataka. And again, it's just when you go through the list, it's just mind-boggling. And it's mind-boggling that nobody has raised an objection to this. People have assumed this is normal, this is okay to happen. It's okay for the, the state to say, uh, come in to the office, what is your religion? Based on your religion, we'll tell you what the state will offer you. That we consider okay. And why, is, why, is, why are so-called liberals not, not aghast at this? I mean, the whole point of a secular state is the state has nothing to do with the religion of the citizen. It goes against the equality clause. But the, the constitution has been interpreted in this way and things have been done so that uh, complete inequality can be justified. Mm. In Kerala, frankly, there are screams which are too many to list, so I couldn't even start to list them. Uh, so you can go and, and look at all of them. Again, mind-boggling. I'll also mention just one, which is already the central government has a UPSC coaching scheme and the state government also has a civil services free, free reimbursement. So if you have to take coaching for that, you'll get uh, free reimbursement. Again, only if you're not a Hindu. Uh, only then you'll get this. Uh, the economic condition of Hindus in Kerala is, is not higher than that of Muslims or Christians. But So it is not based on poverty. It is not based on any other criteria other than you cannot be a Hindu. Uh, similarly, um, Telangana, it actually pays for a Christmas feast. It distributes uh, things to people on Christmas, on Dawat Iftar. It, it also has a Christian minority finance corporation. Again, these are all state-run corporations that are run on a religious basis. The, the other thing which is really destructive about these schemes, and I really want to point this out because people... There's a lot of misunderstanding when I start to talk about it. In fact, uh, somebody who I thought was a good friend on, on Twitter said, oh, you are, you are tweeting all this hateful stuff on Twitter. And I was like, why is asking for equal rights hate? Can somebody explain what, what makes it hateful? In fact, these schemes are hateful, and I'll tell you exactly why. On the one hand, you could say, well, you know, quote, minorities... Uh, should be supported and again as I've showed that that notion doesn't make sense but even worse see India has a very syncretic religious experience like growing up I went you know I went to the Gurdwara more often than I went to the temple I grew up in Chandigarh mm. every Christmas I would go and uh, I would it was a part of our ritual that would go to the church with our Christian friends this was part of my experience of growing up in India so Many people have a multi-religious experience. You cannot... So what happens is when the state says narrowly you must identify your religion, suddenly that multi-religious experience is actually attacked. 
so now i must declare that i am a muslim or i must declare that i am a christian i might be a christian who's who's very open who celebrates hindu festivals but i must for the state now declare i am a christian how will i prove i am a christian my name could look like a hindu how would i prove so now the telangana says you get a certificate from the pastor okay what does that mean suddenly you put church in control of people's lives now i must start attending church because why will the pastor give me a certificate unless i attend church so what these schemes does is it com- communalizes the entire indian experience and indian polity so it is not just saying lot of people criticize me on twitter when i raise this saying no 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 why should we not help Mus- muslim girls it's good that government is doing it it's awesome that we are helping muslim girls but why do we leave out hindu girls why make a category saying muslim girls who are poor will be helped but hindu girls who are maybe even poorer won't be helped why do we why do we need to divide up people like that why can't we say anybody who's below this poverty line um, and who's a girl can be helped there is no reason to do that so when you are categorizing people by by religion you are actually attacking the syncretic pluralism of india you are actually attacking the fact that for us you know it's very interesting if you go to japan and you asked people their religion you will find lot of people say we are we are shinto lot of people also say we are buddhist right so lot of people in fact 70% of people identify as multi religious what would happen if our census says you can identify yourself as belonging to more than one religion the very fact you can belong to one religion is an abrahamic idea is an exclusive conclusive religious idea which does not take place in india right so as soon as the state says even if you are giving 1 rupee as soon as the state say i will give you 1 rupee because you are a muslim you have communalized the state as soon as the state says i am going to give you 1 rupee because you are a christian now you have to prove you are a christian now you have to prove that you are, you know you have to get a certificate from a pastor or this or that you've suddenly communalized the entire system in which this is happening so this is the reason why it is way more destructive than just the fact that you are giving some money uh, it's it goes against the indian ethos completely uttar pradesh has a lot of schemes again too many to list at this point west bengal has has a number of schemes again west bengal there are districts in which hindus are minority but microfinance for instance special schemes for microfinance will only be available to non hindus even if where the the hindus are a minority in the district those schemes will not be available to non hindus it's almost like a curse you're cursed if you're a hindu in india this is what the situation is from the government we'll go on to incident reports um again we have a lot of details on this but um we have documented about 100 cases of communal violence against uh, against hindu women and it's very important to realize how do we distinguish this violence from let us say how do we why are we classifying this as um uh, a hate crime or a religiously motivated crime versus another rape that happens you know there might be many rape incidents what is very specific about the kind of crimes we list here is that lot of times there will be a rape and then there will be a call for conversion with the rape right so so there will be a rape and there will be or there will be a marriage with forced conversion attached to it and then there will be atrocities if that conversion does not happen so religion becomes a factor when you are saying i'm going to rape and abuse you and i want you to convert right i mean there can be a rapist on the street who's who's there is just a sex crime 
and there is no religious involvement in it right and this is how uh, typically would happen you know some uh, there's there's a there's a criminal and that criminal element does a rape but that criminal is not going to be motivated by a religious motivation not saying that i am doing some some religious duty by doing this rape because i'm going to convert somebody uh, or my religion tells me that it is okay to do it because this person doesn't belong to my religion and therefore it is moral to to rape um so this is a pro- this is where it becomes a problem this is where we have highlighted these crimes or interreligious rape which have a component of re- religion attached to it um again i've just taken one incident chanika kumari we hear so many names we have names that are repeated almost on loop if you have a victim from a particular community that name is drummed into your heads you can probably tell me three names of victims from particular community if they get killed and the 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 even if incident happened 8 years ago you still remember the name but these other incidents where hindus are the victim the names will be erased you don't you won't know any of these names in the reports we put because the 100 uh, thousand articles have not been written about uh, what has happened in fact a lot of these just one newspaper will cover it obscurely and then we have to dig out the report and do it and and it won't be covered uh, broadly so chanika kumari murdered by uh, mizra mirza haq is a doctor again lot of people make arguments that oh some community needs to be educated because uh, uh, you know after that uh, they will be brought out of uh, um, religious fundamentalism this is absolutely false there is no evidence for this there is no evidence for this that terrorism decreases due to education pretty much all of the terrorists including 911 uh, were all educated the sri lanka attack were all educated the bangladesh cafe attack they all came from educated affluent families right so there is no correlation between lack of education and terrorism but people give keep giving these stupid arguments over and over again no 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 government is doing this to counter terrorism where is the evidence there's no evidence and if poverty is an issue then help all the poor people why should you help only particular kinds of and again the the motivation for the murder was she refused to convert to islam and marry body was stuffed into a suitcase and left in a railway station again we've documented 100 incidents um that are along these lines that are interreligious violence against uh, against hindu women uh, we have documented uh, attacks on hindu festival and places of worship um this is again an egregious one where you know in uh, hindu amarnath pilgrims were taught uh, were, were were shot um dead but low level of violence is happening across the country the sometimes there will be desecration of the murti sometimes there lot of murti theft has happened huge amount of murti theft and desecration has happened lot of times stone pelting will happen uh, we saw a recent incident in delhi where a mob came and ransacked a temple but because it was in delhi it became news but that kind of incident is happening all over india and again it's not even documented there was one stone thrown at a church and it became national news later on it found there was some disgruntled christian only had thrown that church but it became national news a national daily in india carrier Christians under siege this was a uh, you know 24 point headline or whatever headline in the national newspaper because one church was uh, was somebody threw a stone at the church all of these other incidents were in fact even in delhi the data is that far more hindu temples are desecrated than of any other uh, place of worship nobody talks about it huh? so this is a uh, this is the kind of bias that the hindu human rights report wants to 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 um, to counter 
again cases of political violence this is happening in west bengal it's happening in kerala it's happening in karnataka in fact if i remember one of the actions of the karnataka government when it came in was to free a number of pfi activists who were involved in political violence in the hindus and the first thing that the so called secular congress government does is to free these people and the first thing that the bjp government does is give them scholarships so so in either case it is a uh, it is pretty clear who has to be uh, who has to be uh, uh, appeased or or um, uh, made uh, made special um, so the lot of cases of political violence um, you know a um, lot of this is left wing violence um, so we have to realize the other thing which is very strange is you know people talk about 70 or you know 79% 80% of india being hindu of course no other country would anti hindu like like in the us you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't classify anti hindu anti christian atheist as christian right but in india because of the way the classification goes the 79% includes people who are radically opposed to hinduism people who would attack hindu places of worship people who would attack festivals are also counted in the 79% quote hindu uh, you know a lot of them are can be left wing communist completely anti hindu more opposed to hinduism than anybody else but but the way the classification so it's a if you take practicing hindus will be a very small very very small fraction what we really need to do is we really need to start documentation it's very important that that we um, we start documenting it and the problems come straight from the constitution the constitution has created clauses which the constitution makers might not even have intended to create unequal rights the constitution makers were more uh, perhaps interested in because there was a lot of discourse about minority rights the partition had happened they were saying minorities will also have the right to run educational institutions it became interpreted as minorities are the only ones that would have a right to run educational institutions without interference so it kept getting interpreted in a way that only minorities have the right like the in the rte you've got hundreds and thousands of schools that have converted to be minority held in fact hindus are selling their schools because they can't run it because of the draconian provisions of the rte as soon as a christian runs it or a muslim runs it then the rte provisions don't apply to you again it's very very strange i mean if you look at the the whole way the state operates it's completely absurd it would make no sense and it doesn't happen in any other country of the world actually uh, so it's almost like a minority sharia apartheid state this is how india is being run today and we consider and people call this secular um, so i really urge you to also read the hindu charter petition the hindu human right report recommends the hindu charter petition as one of the solutions to this problem we must go back to constitutional equality which was the original dream and take away all of this discrimination there's a lot of poor people in india they belong to all communities we absolutely want to help the people who need help but it should not be done on a religious basis which divides people which creates communal tension that makes people stick to religious identities and makes that religious identity very important for a person i mean i might not even be a practicing muslim i might even be an ex muslim but suddenly my children are going to get a scholarship because if i if i tell if i say i'm muslim now i am kind of forced to call myself a muslim just to get that scholarship right so it is a very communal divisive 
a program. It's not just about helping a community. Um, and also you can mark incidents in social media with Hindi human rights so we can use it in a subsequent report. Again the incidents we've covered are probably not even a tenth of the actual incidents especially about violence against women because a lot of them don't get reported uh, or they get reported to the police but never picked up by the press and a lot of time the victims are also very afraid um, to come. So the report is available. It's a free download. Uh, IndiaFacts.org, HHRR, Hindu Human Rights Report 2019. Very easy to remember URL. Make sure that you uh, spread the word, have as many people as possible. And our, we must put pressure on the government and decision makers to stop this religion-based divisive policies. Thank you so much. Namaskar. Two of us are here, but one of the main people who contributed to collecting the data on this report is Subodeep Mukhopadhyay. So Subodeep is not here with us today, but he did a lot of the, the actual heavy lifting to, to gather, to go into all the different governments and figure out the schemes and collect the incidents. So big, big shout out to Subodeep. small question in the what I heard recently is that we have a challenge in educating or culture related books in the schools there is a because the Ramakrishna mission is was something was under problem so I, I wanted to know about you and second thing is Twitter handle is outside and sometimes it is account is blocked also which I heard if if you write any fact-based story or Facebook or Twitter account, sometimes it is blocked or something, it is a challenge. Okay, let me, yeah, just for sake of time, I'll, I'll go forward. So, yeah, so how many people know Ramakrishna Mission actually sued to be classified as non-Hindu? How many people know this? Okay. In the, in the state of West Bengal, they, they, were, they had a lawsuit because they wanted to be classified non-Hindu so that they could run their institutions without interference from the state. Again, this is a serious irony. Everywhere in the world, people, minorities strive to get the same right as the majority. In India, the majority begs to get the same right as a minority. This is the situation. So, so yes, if you are a Hindu aided school, you cannot teach the Gita, you cannot teach the Mahabharata, you cannot because all of these are communal. But the same government will give grants to a Muslim school and a Christian school who can teach whoever, whatever they want, including the Bible. There is no restriction. They can have Bible prayers, you can have land grants from the Indian government and you can teach all religions except for Hindu traditions which actually belong to this soil. Yeah. Actually, uh, earlier uh, you said that uh, there was a clash of civilizations. Actually, we have been living through clash, uh, clashes of civilizations. 1857 was also a clash of civilizations. So I just want to say how to get out of uh, this. See the, the clash. This attack on Hindu identity. So the, the clash of civilization has been going on for thousand year now. Uh, so just to be quick, I have written a piece called uh, Agenda for Hindu Survival. What we can do as individuals. It's on India Facts website. Please check it out. I have listed certain ideas that we individuals can do at our level. I mean, uh, to to be waiting for what government can do or not do. That's that's something we don't have time for. So I have just listed certain ideas what you and me can do. Thank you. This is really important point that Nitin is making. I do urge you to read the, his piece also. But first thing, family is very very important. What sanskar are we passing passing on to the children? You know, if the government is not teaching the Gita, are you teaching Gita at home? Right. So, so, uh, so first we have to take responsibility for what is happening in our own families and that tradition has to be made relevant for children. Uh, 
my children grew up in the, in the US and I've been having this continuous dialogue with my daughter, for instance. What is the relevance? You know, what is the relevance of these teachings? And these, these teachings are extremely relevant for modern life. So we have to really look at that. And of course, you know, the yoga movement is affecting uh, uh, people worldwide. I, I'm part of the art of living. I teach the course and I can see the transformation that comes from there. Worldwide transformation. So we have to keep on nurturing the tradition in all these different ways. Of course, we have to pressure the government also because India, you cannot have an anti-Hindu government ruling India, which is all true for all governments. It's not isn't on the party. The state structure itself is like that. So if the state is in opposition to the civilization, the clash of civilization begins right there. The state is anti-civilization. The Indian state is against the Indian civilization. This cannot work. Either the state will collapse or the civilization will collapse. So we really need to address that, that question. Uh, what do you see the role of big corporations? Because for any Hindu revival or there will be some disabled, uh, you know, disturbance, so which is not good for economy or big corporations. So do you see them forcing governments to not take any? No, no, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing like that. Actually, the corporations, corporations work in every. I mean, I mean, China is is is. Uh, I'm just taking from. I'm not uh, holding China as example, but China is literally imprisoning hundreds of thousands, lacs of Muslims. It doesn't matter. I mean, the corporations are, uh, its economy is 10 times as big as India. The corporations are merely doing its business. So in some senses, the corporation couldn't care less. But I'm not advocating the China model. What I'm saying is, uh, what we are asking for is equality, right? We are asking for, we're not talking about anything else. All we're saying is that state should not discriminate on a religious basis. There will be no corporation that's going to come and oppose that. This is all these ideas, these are fantasies of our mind that, oh, economically, there's going to be some backlash. You have to do this appeasement. Otherwise, Muslim countries would be unhappy. There's not a single Muslim country that's criticized China, right? Uh, but, but we have these fantasies and we keep pushing these fantasies. These fantasies are excuses. They're excuses to not do the right thing. And the right thing is that the government must treat all citizens equally. Yeah. Why, I mean, uh, they are uh, like uh, doing all the things, I mean, to create uh, just a vote bank or any other reason? Well, I mean, the, I, I think it's partly it is uh, the momentum of what happened from 1947. You know, there was a communal award by the British that was this... Uh, in British rule, there was a proposal to divide up the electorate and they were, you know, into Muslim elect, Muslims will elect Muslims and Hindus will elect, you know, a lot of opposition from the Congress came. And then finally, a law, series of incidents happened that precipitated in the partition in 1947. After the partition, Indian government was at pains to show that, that the minority will not be oppressed, right? So in some sense, in trying to prove themselves, they started bending over backwards. This is where the constitutional provisions came in. And so, and successive governments kept on building on that. So, we've, it's just like, a, it's like a, we've created, it's like Mithya, right? This, this we've created and, and the, uh, the government that we expected would fix it hasn't fixed it either because they don't want to be called communal. They don't want to be attacked. So, there's a whole false narrative that has been created and you can just keep building on that. There's a related point to the Hindu Charter, sure. which is actually, this is, yeah, because in any other case, you'd be able to just sue the state and say this is unequal and you'd be able to uh, to win. 
But because of the clauses 26 to 30, you get into the state where Hindus can't control their temples, they can't run their educational issues. All these things have crept in because, and that, that really has to be amended. Yeah, there was a one question yeah. here. Looking for the causality of this such a grand design of distortion. So one is the constitutional things, right? The way you know constitutions written and the way it was interpreted. But in in this case of interpretation, a lot of role comes from the way polity has been practiced in India, especially by the Congress pre-independence, right? And in that that era, the overarching influence is that of the Mahatma Gandhi. So can you please speak on that, that how exactly the distortions created by Mahatma Gandhi led and accentuated all these distortions and which you know, later on uh, led to such a grand level of discrimination? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do. I wouldn't blame any one person. I, I don't think it's, it's fair. In fact, I have a quote from Mahatma Gandhi which says that there should be no distinction of minority and majority. He, there is a quote from his from from him also. So I wouldn't blame one single person. I would what I would say is there's a set of circumstances because the Congress was very keen to avoid partition. There was a sort of bending over to to say no no we are brothers and we, you'll be fine. So there was a bending over and that even after partition that that kind of appeasement mind carried through and it it carried through with successive Congress governments and and the tragedy is that even. Uh, people who campaigned against it, who called it pseudo-secularism, who called it appeasement, have continued or even enhanced those policies. Yeah, good afternoon, sir. sir my question is that uh, you said the uh, signing of the Hindu Charter, that petition will be very fruitful, like in the future. My question is that, uh, do you think the present the, the present leadership, rather, are they capable of, you know, overhauling the, uh, the constitution? Like, they amended uh, Article 15 and 16 recently, so do you think that, uh, that that's like the first step or something? Of you know something big. See, that's a very speculative question. We don't know what they would do. At least uh, personal level, I haven't seen any positive signs from them as far as Hindu civilization issues are concerned. Uh, I have been continuously critical of the new government since it's um, the present uh, second term for uh, continuously ignoring the Hindu issues uh, and uh, doling out schemes and also as I mentioned we are living in uh, we are we are now paying a jizya too and uh, we are going moving towards the Islamic uh, rule 2.0 so I don't know that's a speculative question whether they do it or not whether if they do it, it's good but uh, there is no there has been no indications of such and the flip side of that is why will a government do it we need to create the pressure which is they need to understand that there is a vote bank. They need to understand that right now Hindus themselves are completely ignorant. You go talk about this issue in your home and you say Hindu temples are controlled by the government. So we have to start by educating people. We have to start. Why is it that only Hindus do Garbar? Church doesn't do Garbar. Masjid doesn't do Garbar. Only Hindus are incapable of running their places. right? So we have to start. This won't happen till we create massive awareness among Hindus that this discrimination is unfair and then we create political pressure. Tomorrow one lakh people come on Janpath and say, you know, this is a problem. Then the government is going to start to listen. But we haven't created that force. So we really need to start, uh, look at ourselves and start at home. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.